Welcome to You Are Loved, a podcast with open conversations about healing after suicide and suicide prevention. Join me as we discuss how you can heal after losing a loved one to suicide. Discover how others found hope again in their moments of darkness and how you can truly scatter hope to those who need it most of all. When you do, you can save their life. I'm your host, Crystal Partney. I am a best-selling author, speaker, and suicide grief coach. Together, we can heal. Remember, you are loved. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the You Are Loved podcast. I am your host, Crystal Partney. Today, I am especially excited about this episode because I am opening up on what it was like to become a grief recovery specialist. For those of you that don't know anything about it, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into it. What exactly is a grief recovery specialist and what I can do and how I support you in processing your loss and not just of the loss to suicide. There are many, many losses over 40 plus different kinds of losses that one experiences throughout their lifetime. And of course, death by suicide is one of those 40 plus losses that we can experience throughout our life. And then I'm just going to be opening up about it, what it is, what it looks like for those of you that aren't familiar. And of course, more importantly, how I can get in touch with you or how you can get in touch with me rather and find out more information, how we can maybe potentially work together and be able to support you process your grief and work through it in a very healthy and positive way. So as I dive in to this episode, I just want to take a moment and really applaud you. I don't know if you are tuning into me for the very first time. I don't know if you have been listening to me for quite some time, but I just want to say thank you. I know that it's not easy, especially in those early days, and maybe it hasn't been in the early days. Maybe it's been several years since your loved one's passing and since their death, and you are still feeling like it was yesterday and you are still struggling to get out of bed or you are still having moments of brain fog where you are doing things sort of on autopilot, as they say, and you don't even remember how you got there or what happened throughout the day. You're just going through the motions once again, as they say, and you're just getting through the day each and every single day. Can I be honest with you? I want more for you. I want more for you and your life and the people that you get to experience life with. I want more for you to be able to find peace. Ultimately, on my own journey, that's what I had to discover. I had to get to know myself after this tragedy. I had to rediscover who Crystal was and is and continues to be not just for me, but for my family, for my children, for my husband, 
for my immediate family and extended family? Who do I get to be come? Who do I get to experience and show up as? Do I get to leave a legacy that will be remembered for long after I'm gone? That's who I think about and that's who I'm becoming and work towards every single day. But I remember what it was like in those early days when it was a struggle to just get out of bed, just to brush your teeth, just to remember, oh yeah, have I eaten anything today? Does coffee count as a food group? Does uh, does going outside and walking the dog in, you know, single digit temperatures because it's so cold out? Does that count as exercise? Yes, yes, it does. You're moving your body and that's wonderful. And you're being able to process your grief in a way that feels good to you. So why did I even become a grief recovery specialist? Before I dive a little bit further into what exactly that role is and that title, if you will, and that credential is, Let me share my heart behind why I even decided to become a grief recovery specialist in the first place. So I initially, I kept hearing about grief recovery and I kept meeting other grief recovery specialists because I have hosted the Healing After Suicide Summit at least four times now, four times, one every single year. And I learned so much and I got to know so many fabulous people from all different walks of life and how they are processing their grief. And I kept hearing and interviewing people on my summit that are grief recovery specialists. And every single time I would talk to them and I'd share my story about my sister and how it was the day before my birthday, they would suggest that I do a little bit more research and see if grief recovery and becoming a grief recovery specialist makes sense. And if it is the most appropriate avenue for me and where I want to go and take my healing journey and continue that healing and processing and working through the pain. And so I did, I looked into it and to be honest, I thought this is an amazing program. This is an amazing certification. And I did what so many of us do. I said, not right now, right? I said, now's not the time. I'm in a really busy season of life. I've got a small child and Little did I know that I was expecting another one and I was so thrilled and I still felt this tug on my heart saying, Crystal, you need to look into this. You need to, to give this a whirl. Right. And so I did, I, I signed up for their four day intensive training and I, I went through the program and became certified as a grief recovery specialist. And I can honestly say you, tell you without a doubt that that was 
the most beneficial thing that I have ever done. And as I shared in a previous episode, the things that I've been able to accomplish through writing my books and starting this podcast and hosting summits and doing the care boxes and speaking and so many beautiful things that I've experienced after my sister's death, this getting this certification and becoming a grief recovery specialist has been so impactful on my life and for the better. It has changed my life. I am able to show up for the people that I get to experience life with more fully and I'm more present with them. I'm enjoying these tender moments with my children that I didn't think were possible before I actually decided to become a grief recovery specialist. And I have been able to work through the pain so that I can, as they say in the grief recovery method, be able to be complete and have those unresolved emotions being able to be completed so that I'm able to forgive myself and forgive others and being able to talk about the loss that I've experienced is of course normal and healthy and really acknowledging what recovery is. So there is this this idea that grief and recovery shouldn't be used in the same sentence, right? It's it's a little bit taboo. It's a little bit foreign. Like, well, I don't understand what you mean by grief recovery. Is it even possible? And all I'm saying is that recovery means feeling better. So if you don't like the word recovery, maybe you can replace it with something that feels well better to you. Maybe that is simply being well. What does being well look like for you? In having this intense emotional pain, we go through after we've experienced a loss and we've experienced and we're grieving, it's so common to understand that this is normal for us to be able to go through this process of grief. And we all experience loss throughout many times throughout our life. And we, as grievers, we always want support. We always want to be able to, to be able to work through it in a positive way. And as a result, we also, one of the things that I learned while going and getting certified is that grief is cumulative, meaning that it continues to stack up upon one after another. And what that does is if we're having this, this pain of unresolved grief, what that is caused, it 
physically causes us to have pain because our emotional our our mental and emotional well-being has been disrupted and so it's maybe manifesting in physical pain i talked about in a previous episode of chronic pain with um with Dr. Anna Esperham, she talked about chronic pain and how that affects the body and how we can alleviate some of that pain that we've been experiencing. And oftentimes we are carrying so much grief because like I shared, it's cumulative, meaning it's going to continue to stack up on top of one another unless, and this is the key word, unless we are able to resolve it. And one of the distinctions is for grief recovery is recovery from loss is achieved by a series of small and correct choices made by the griever, aka you. This is so important to me because as you're listening to me right now, I want to focus in on that very accurate statement. And I've talked about this before, but when I came across this in the the handbook that they give everyone that becomes certified, it really struck to my heart because it was a series of small choices that were correct that were made by you by the griever and because we need to be able to discover and complete the unfinished emotional attached to the living the um the unfinished emotions that were attached to either someone that's living or that has has died to be able to have more joy and more peace in our life ultimately that we can be able to have more open and trusting and loving relationships including the one with ourselves and being able to be able to talk about our loved one and be able to process it and be able to work through some of these challenges and these myths that we are told about what grief is and what grief isn't. For instance, speaking of what it isn't one of the most damaging pieces of misinformation is that you you never get over right and the idea of not getting forgetting you're not forgetting okay like it's not you're never going to forget that but what i'm asking you to consider is that we acknowledge the truth of our feelings 
and being able to work through the pain that we've been experiencing and being able to um, being able to to talk about the circumstances of the loss and being able to review the relationship that you had. Now, like I said, there are over 40 plus different losses. So because you're listening to, to my podcast, my very natural and safe assumption is that you have experienced a loved one take their life or you yourself have been struggling with your mental health and you're not sure what support and help and resources are available to you and being able to work through that so that you can feel complete, that you can take additional actions to help complete the pain. And we discover that as we can talk about our relationships and a very common question that is asked, and I've mentioned it before many times on this podcast, is when do I start, Crystal? When do I even begin that healing process? When do I even begin to recover? And I've also given the scenario that they did that the, the grief recovery method has given. and that you that you fell down and you scraped your leg and it's bleeding and the question is when would you seek medical attention of course the obvious answer is you would seek it immediately if you were in that severe of a circumstance and it's interesting because when we compare it to a broken heart, we often think that it's different from a physical pain or from something happening physical. Like for instance, the, you fell down, you cut open your leg and now you're bleeding and you need to seek medical attention immediately. We don't think that same way for a broken heart. We think that or we've been told to believe that there are several myths that I'm going to go into next that we have been culturally ingrained as a society to believe when it comes to grief and how we can process it. And I will just say it is never too soon to address your grief. It is never too soon to be able to work through it and do the actions of grief recovery. And like I was saying, most importantly, to be able to heal your broken heart. And I can honestly say that, that it has been tremendously beneficial for me to be able to look at not just my sister's passing, but overall to be able to look at the other, I guess you would consider minor losses that weren't 
necessarily, as they say, big losses, little losses. You could even say, I've heard it say big traumas and little traumas. But let's not forget, it's still grief. You're still grieving. So whether you call it grief or you call it trauma, it's all in the same, right? Like we we have to acknowledge that we're grieving something and being able to work through the grief recovery method has truly allowed me to recognize and process the pain that came with all of those losses. Because as I shared earlier, grief is cumulative, meaning it's going to continue to stack up on top of one another. And I've also been given the analogy of a cup, right? So for instance, you have um, a glass of water and one of the inside the cup, you have some water, of course, and then you experience a loss. And maybe this is a really big loss. Maybe this was the the death of a loved one, or maybe this is divorce, or maybe this is you're moving or something like that. And again, it's it's stacking on top of each other. And before you know it, you're hovering between this overflowing cup of water and the water is just pouring out. And then maybe you experience a little bit of relief from that pain. So the water is no longer pouring out of the cup. It's back down to below the the top of the cup. And so what I've found in my own life is as I would hover, I would hover, I would have moments of, of being quote unquote, okay and fine. And then something would happen I'd experience a loss. And then I would be up over the cup and everything would be pouring out and I would just be a mess. What I didn't know, what I know now is that I was grieving. I was grieving so many losses and not knowing that these losses and that grief is cumulative, that it was just stacking on top of one another. And before you know it, it was too much for me. And it became so difficult for me to manage my day-to-day because I was grieving so many things. I want to just touch on some of the misinformation and the myths that are out there surrounding grief. And maybe you can relate and maybe you've heard a lot of these myths. So maybe they'll surprise you and maybe they won't. I know for me, they absolutely did. I remember sitting there going, yep, okay, that makes sense. And maybe some of these, like I said, may surprise you because they've been under your radar, so to speak. So one of the pieces of misinformation out there is to not feel bad right? You're going to, to not feel bad and you shouldn't cry. And especially in front of other people that makes them uncomfortable. So just don't feel bad. Like it's, it's common to be sad 
but you shouldn't feel bad. Maybe the people say th- something like they're in a better place or that it was, it was necessary depending on the type of loss that you're working through. Um, they say that, right? This is one of the myths that you're not supposed to feel bad. Don't feel bad. Number two is replace the loss. What they mean by that is you can replace it by going and having retail therapy, right? Shopping, or maybe you find yourself having one more glass of wine, or you find yourself being easily distracted and you, um, that's mine, to be honest. I find myself easily distracted and I forget what I'm doing and I'm going from one thing to the next and not slowing down and pausing. So replacing the loss. Number three is that grave alone. We're told to grave alone. You remember, I don't know if you were told this as, as a child, but if you started to cry, your parents would send you to your room to go cry alone. And I don't think that was intentional. I mean, of course, I don't know what your family dynamic was, what your family situation might've been, but we were told that we had to grieve alone, that we were naturally going to self-isolate and want to be by ourselves. Number four is something that I've mentioned in previous episodes and continue to talk about, and that is to grave alone and to just um, give it time. That is number, the fourth myth is to just give it time. Well, as I've shared also from a previous episode, the only thing that time gave me was more time more time to think about it, more time to process my sister's death. And it made the pain a little bit more manageable. But I will say that managing your pain is not the same as recovery. What I mean when I say that is we can all tend to put on that mask and act like we're fine or act like we're okay and confuse with that things are quote unquote going back to normal when they never will because of the loss, things will never go back to normal and being able to quote unquote, give it just more time doesn't help. And we are discovering, or I'm I'm speaking to myself here that I was giving it time. I was doing what I thought was healing in my own way. And it, and it was, but this is where the grief recovery method picks up where other things might've left off. Number five, the number fifth myth that we tend to believe or be told is being strong for others. This one, of course, is is important because 
I remember in my own life, and I've shared it before that I had to be strong for my daughter. She was three and she was looking to me. And yes, that, that is important. I still had to be there for her and show up for her and get her breakfast and all of these things. And she became my reason for really for healing and starting that healing process. But here's the important distinction that I learned. I didn't have to be strong for her sake. I just simply had to be willing to start and I had to be willing to be able to go through it and feel the pain and the frustration and being able to being strong for others is one of those things that sounds good but really has no value because it's it's confusing how am i supposed to be strong for others how am i supposed to show up am i doing it right how can i when i am grieving and just struggling in the day to day and lastly this was very personal to me because i can relate to it very much that is to just keep busy i can honestly tell you that this has been sort of my go to is that if anything staying busy just keeps me distracted and it just makes one more day go by I want to repeat that because maybe you find yourself in the same thing. Keeping busy accomplishes only one thing. It allows you to stay distracted. It allows you to not work through the pain. And it makes one more day possible. And if anything, keeping busy buries that pain that we've experienced under the loss and it allows us to stay in that constant wheel of activity thinking that that will give us the relief and the peace that we've always been searching for so i wanted to share those myths with you and just share my heart behind why I decided to ultimately get and become a grief recovery specialist. And what that allows me to do is at the current time, I'm working towards getting the further certification so that I can support people online. As of right now, I am able to support people in person. So if you live here in the Utah area, I would love to be able to connect with you. And if you don't live in Utah, that's totally fine. I would still love to connect with you and see how I can support you or how I can refer you to someone else who maybe lives where you are locally. And if you would like to reach out to me, please do so. And you can find me on social media and you can reach out to me and just tell me that you're interested in grief recovery and learning more about it. And I would be absolutely honored to support you in that way. 
And I just want to applaud you for even considering taking those brave and necessary steps to your own grief recovery. And just know that I am here for you. And if I can support you in any way that I am happy to do so. And that I am cheering you on every brave small step that you take. And as always, remember you are Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode of the You Are Loved podcast. For more information about suicide prevention, be sure to check out owlandthistle.com. That's owl as in the bird. Hoo-hoo. And if you're coping with the loss of a loved one due to suicide, we've been there too. And for more information, check out our sister company found at scatteringhope.com. Please like and subscribe to this program to stay current with all of our episodes and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Owl and Thistle or Scattering Hope. As always, remember, you are loved.